This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. My name is Mike Keith. My co-host is always Amy Wells. And Amy Wells, we watched football today, Friday, August the 14th. Mike Keith, we watched football. I saw you in person Life is good right now. I am a very happy girl. And we watched football with Titans Radio's own Dave McGinnis. Coach Mack, it was so good to be back with you. It was so good to listen to you talk ball. And it's hard to believe that we're doing what we do again just one month away from the season opener. Mike Keith, Amy Wells, let me just start off this appearance on the OTP by saying that generally made me so happy today to see you guys in person and then to stand there with you through practice and talk ball. I mean, at this stage in my career, it takes a lot to make me really happy. That made me really happy. Thank you. We get a little teary. Can you believe we had not watched a football practice since the week of the AFC championship game? Seven months. It feels like seven years. Yeah, well, seven months. But let me tell you what really, what really I liked is that we slid right back on the bicycle just like we'd seen each other yesterday. And that's when you know you've got something really working well. It kind of reminded me of the practice that we saw that I know we'll talk about it. But it didn't take us two turns of the wheel to get right back in sync. And I know what you're going to go with here. Because speaking of jumping right back on the bicycle – What impressed Dave McGinnis the most was the way that the Titans jumped right back on the bicycle. Take it from there and explain, Coach Mack. Well, I mean, everything was so crisp. It was so precise. There was no wasted anything. Everybody knew exactly where to go. The transition between drills is something I always pay attention to in the early part of training camp to understand how – uh, to, to visually look at and to see how well the young guys are paying attention as to where to go, that they don't look like a bunch of lost ducks, you know, going in all kind of different directions. But the, the practice organization was so crisp, so precise. I mean, it was like clockwork out there. It didn't surprise me, but I always love to see that because I know what goes on behind the scenes to make something like that happen, and it happened today. Especially – in the situation that we're in right now, with everything being so unusual and so different, a lot of teams are not flowing as well as the Titans seem to today. Well, I guarantee you they're not because, and I mean, I'll just say it, what's going on down there right now, I promise you at the care people going in different directions today because you know you miss all the OTAs you miss all the time you have with the rookies to explain to them to show them I mean we actually used to film our drills so we could show our rookies this is what our drills are going to look like when you line up out there all clubs have missed that but to watch the precision that the Titans conducted their first practice with I don't I don't care what schemes they were going over none of that was what I looked at the precision that they did it tells me they are slotting right back in to where they need to be Amy Wells, give me something that jumped out to you in the Titans' practice on this Friday. 
Well, just initially, I noticed how not prevalent all of the adjustments and the new regulations were. It did not look like a COVID practice, quote unquote. There were little things, you know, guys had individual water bottles and individual Gatorades. They looked like they were having little snacks. It was very cute. They had their own towels. They had, I mean, there were things like that. There were coaches wearing masks. The media were wearing masks. Everyone was kind of standing apart from one another. That you kind of could see, but for the most part, it looked like a regular training camp practice. It didn't seem as though that was any sort of an issue to this team. All right, Coach Mack, I'll give you a crack at it. What jumped out to you that you'd like to share with the OT people? Here's what I liked. I liked the layered individual instruction. That to me is always so important to see. Now they've got the same staff together, but they have some people at some different positions, particularly at the secondary and at the inside linebacker position. You know, watching midget work, watching has those guys to me, I always like to see what, what, what type of layered progression teaching is going to go on in the individual periods. Because, you know, all the years that I coached, I mean, that's so important, especially to build a foundation. And I was very impressed with, with what I watched there. I like, I like when I'm looking at progressive teaching, because to me, that tells me that they are approaching it at a, at, a, at a rate and a pace that everybody can understand. But young players can learn from veteran players so quick if they understand the progression that they're going to be presented. To Max point, another thing that I noticed today was how advanced the defense especially seemed to be. It didn't look like this was their first time on the field in 2020. They looked very advanced. They were doing a lot of different things, more than you would expect to see in the very first practice. I was impressed by how much the consistency and the coaching and the consistency and some of the leaders on that side of the ball were able to help the younger guys who obviously wouldn't know what to expect in their very first practice. Nobody out there looked like a lost puppy. Coach Mack, what do you call it? A puppy in traffic? Nobody looked like that. Nobody looked like that, Amy Wells. And you're 100% right. And to, to, to add to your point a little bit, and I made the comment to both of you standing there at one time when it was offense against defense, I said, we're, we're seeing bogeys in the first practice, which for our listeners is disguises by the defense. We were seeing that they weren't just lining up static in a first practice. I said it to you guys immediately. I said, we're seeing bogeys right now. That's impressive to me to add to exactly what you said, Amy. Coach Mack, your constant admonition is don't be an IE. And so I don't want to be an IE. Explain to the OT people what an IE is. Bill Tobin taught me that. 35 years ago, when I first came to the Bears, when he when I first started getting my introduction to being able to identify talent in the National Football League, and he said, and it's an instant evaluator. You don't want to make snap. You don't want to be a ready fire aim person, and especially in talent evaluation, you cannot afford to do that. As much as you'd like to to say that, oh, I can see that, and so this guy can do this. Don't ever ever do that. So it takes development. It takes time. It, you know, you have to just be careful. And I learned that very, very quickly and had some glaring examples, you know, come up throughout my career as to where keeping your powder dry on a player paid off eventually down the line. But we do want to talk about DeAndre Walker because DeAndre Walker was put on injured reserve early a year ago 
You have talked about him consistently since the Titans took him out of Georgia. We got a good look at him today. I don't want you to be an IE, but I want you to give me some thoughts on how you thought he went through kind of the early part of what was his most substantive work to date as a Titan. Well, first of all, you know, you had Beasley and Carrera that did not practice. And so he was working with the first unit. And I, you, you, we stand together. And again, I, and, and there's things in practice we see that we can't talk about. But I was talking to you about some technical things. But I can tell you what I did see. They flipped him on both sides of the formation, which tells me this. He is going to be a part of this rotation. And if you are a part of the rotation, you have to be able to play the left and the right side both. And there's a difference in playing with your left foot up, right foot up, and your left foot back. There is a difference. It's just like playing right tackle and left tackle. He played with the first unit today on both sides of the formation. I liked what I saw there. Why do you like him so much as a prospect? Why have you liked him all along? He doesn't have overwhelming height, but he's got length. He's got length in his arms, and he can cover ground. He covers ground. The thing that I, always, I like really evaluated him at Georgia was he could close and recognize quickly horizontally down the line of scrimmage. He's really good at that. And he's got, he's got, he's got go-go gadget arms. So he can get separation from a blocker very quick, whether that blocker is an offensive tackle, whether it's a tight end, or whether it's a running back. Separation, playing defense in the National Football League, arm extension, instant separation is a huge advantage. He's got that. All right, Amy Wells, I don't want you to be an IE. <laughs> and Coach Mack will get you if you do. But I do want you to tell us some guys who stood out to you in practice. Can't watch all 80 guys. I mean, we all know that. So who grabbed your attention? All right, well, first, Coach Mack just is constantly reminding me not to be an IE. I felt a little personally attacked by his description of what that was because it's pretty much me. When I walked out onto the field, the very first humans that I saw were number 98, Jeffrey Simmons, and number 79, Isaiah Wilson. Both of those guys were bigger than I even anticipated, and in different ways. Jeffrey Simmons, we've talked all offseason about how in pictures, it appears that his body has changed a little bit. He looks like he is shaped a little bit differently than he was last year. Um, he's a giant human. He is big. He looks like he's in shape. He looks like he's carrying himself differently. So that was something that stood out to me. And also Isaiah Wilson. I had never seen him before. So this was my first chance to see him just in person. And he's a large human. He looks strong. He stands out. He looks like he belongs on an offensive line. Like he looks like an NFL player right away on day one. So that was very exciting to me. Those were two people who caught my eye just from a physical stature standpoint. I couldn't stop watching them. Big Panda, Isaiah <laughs> Wilson, is so imposing because everything on him is large. Yes. Every part of him is large. And Coach Mack, those are the types of players that you love because when these guys are so naturally big, they often move more fluidly, and it doesn't seem like they get hurt as much. It's not like they've been – built up to gain 50 pounds in the weight room or whatever. I mean, he would be this big a dude if, if he were working, you know, at Tractor Supply. 
I, I mean, this is, this is who he is. It's like Bruce Matthews was. Bruce Matthews was a big man, period. Those kind of guys, there's something special about them athletically and in terms of being able to stay on the field. Yeah, Mike, that's a great point. And, you know, Mike and Amy, if you'll remember, when we took him, I was talking to you guys about how he reminded me a lot of a guy I drafted out of the University of Texas named Leonard Davis. Yes. You know, and Leonard's nickname was just big. You know, he was the youngest of 22 kids, and he was just big. And, you know, had a great career in the league. But your description of that is perfect. They are just big human beings that aren't artificially big. That's and it. with and with being able to be that, it's what we term where I grew up in Texas, country strong. Mm-hmm. They're just country strong. They're just naturally big, strong humans. And then both of the thing that, that happens with guys that are drafted high in the National Football League that are just naturally big like that, you're drafted high and in the first round if you're that big because of one very, very clear trait. You can move when you're that big. That's the separation is the athletic movement ability at that size. And again, I was very impressed. I'm with Amy. When you just look at him, uh, he's not only big. And he, he, When they were doing team, when they ran that one outside zone, he, he covers people up when he comes off the ball. But I was very excited to see that. I've been around it. And when you see it and recognize it, you like having those kind of guys on your side. He's playing right tackle but he's playing behind Dennis Kelly, which is not a surprise, Coach. And Dennis Kelly has come back and, you know, very much played and looked like a guy who, in his mind, thinks, I'm going to be the starting right tackle. He should be behind Dennis Kelly right now. And, and by the way, Dennis Kelly's not a small human either. No. no but but he, he should be behind Dennis Kelly right now, and he should be absorbing everything he can from that offensive line room. I know one thing about that offensive line room. We've talked about the unity that they have. They've got a herd mentality anyway, but they are going to bring him along as fast as they can, but he absolutely should be behind him right now. All right, give me another one, Amy Wells. Give me another one that you watched, maybe maybe an undrafted rookie free agent. Let's go there. I can give you an undrafted rookie free agent, and you guys are going to call me predictable, but I don't care very much because the person I was watching today was number 47. Kale Garrett. The linebacker out of the University of Missouri. You know, he was a highly touted player at the University of Missouri. People were very excited about him and some of the things that he was able to do. And then he got hurt, and Missouri didn't do so well. And, you know, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. But here he is on an NFL team trying to make a name for himself. So that's who I've been excited about watching, one of my own, and I'm cheering for him. I like him. And, and he would have been an All-American last year if he hadn't gotten hurt. He was off to a great start. The only problem he has, Coach Mack, is – Teams don't keep a lot of inside backers these days, especially in in running the type of defense that the Titans do. It's almost as if he's battling the numbers and guys at other positions as much as he's battling other linebackers. Amy, first of all, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Z-O-U. With all clarification, my first paying coaching job was at Battle Ole Mizzou. So I'll always, always, always be grateful to Battle Ole Mizzou for getting Coach Max started in this business. But, but you're exactly right, Mike Keith. And, and, and with a 3-4 defense, if you're going to keep a, a number of linebackers, you're going to keep outside linebackers. That's what you're going to keep. 
And so for him to be able to make this football team, and uh, just a little bit of retrospective on him, this guy was a really good college football player. He's an instinctive player. I vetted him, you know, doing that coach-to-coach show with Doug Matthews that I do. I watched a lot of Southeastern Conference football. This guy's a quality football player. Now, he's not the fastest, nor is he the biggest guy, but he is very instinctive. But for a 3-4 defense, he's going to have to make this team on special teams. He's going to have to do that. The 16-man practice squad may help a guy like Kale Garrett a lot in 2020. Let me just say something about the 16-man practice squad, uh, to your point. It may help him, and it may hurt him, because the new rules are also there, Mike. You can keep veterans on that practice squad now. And having veterans on that practice squad that have special teams experience, because regardless of what people think, and I'm going to let our listeners know this, because we've got, we've got smart listeners to the OTP. You have to be taught how to play special teams too, especially your protection units, your, your, your punt protection, your punt cover, all of that stuff has to be taught. And there are skills that you learn on how to do that. And if you can keep veterans at, uh, on your practice squad that can do that, then your transition, if somebody gets hurt, is not so big. So it may help him the numbers, but also it may hurt him a little bit. I'm interested to see how people use their practice squads this year. Dave McGinnis. Explain to us why you think undrafted rookie free agent Tommy Hudson is a name that everybody should know. Well, for the Titans, it's a name they should know for this reason. This squad has a place for a, a in-line blocking tight end, and, and he was excellent at that at Arizona State. He was excellent at that. And plus, they ran inside-outside zone to Arizona State. He's made all those combination blocks. I know Don Bakke very well, who's assistant AD, you in charge of football out there for 30 years. He and I worked together in college football, and he really liked this guy. So when we, when we signed him, I called him. I said, Bach, tell me a little bit about him. First of all, great worker, extremely smart, very diligent, uh, uh, completely a team guy, completely unselfish, didn't worry about the number of catches, really, really em, you know, embraced being a, a tight end that would set the edge, would, would do some of the things that aren't the most glamorous things to do. I watched him today. Now, you didn't get to see him do much. Now, he's in a different, he's in a different mode now. Now, he's got to learn how to move across the line of scrimmage. He's got to get involved in the passing game. But I like the way he looked physically. And I just know with the makeup of this team, there's a spot for a guy like that possibly down the road. If not on the active roster, this is a big time to me practice squad addition. Especially because at this moment in time, none of the Titans' top three tight ends are under contract for 2021. So they may be looking to add somebody for the future, either as a fourth tight end on the roster or on the practice squad. You hit it well. Amy, I'm going to tell you, I, I watched him a lot. I went over and stood, caught the ball very naturally, which I kind of wondered about because he's more of a bulky tight end, as Coach Mack alluded to. But the thing that got me about him in the evaluation process is this is a guy who has said what he would like to do post-football is be a Navy SEAL. Anybody who has that in their makeup as a stated goal is somebody who I think we know has something about him kind of special. So we'll see if Tommy Hudson can do the job or not. But certainly on the resume, there are some things that get you excited about him even though he's not the big-name player for the height, weight, speed, athleticism, he's going to be asked to do the dirty work to potentially get an NFL job. 
Coach Mack and I were watching him today, and you're 100% right. He looks very natural. He looked very smooth in the way that he caught the ball, the way that he moved within space. The Navy SEAL thing is very interesting to me, though, because you've got to be a little bit twisted in the best kind of way to want to be a Navy SEAL. Like, that is not for the faint of heart. You've got to, I mean, that's intense. I like that about him. I, he's becoming a new favorite. I'm, shoot him up to the top of the list. I like people who have some screws loose. Amy, don't be an IE. I'm not. It, Navy SEALs are nuts. I mean, in, again, in the best way, but they're crazy. Hoo-wee. <laughs> well, that's who I want to walk into a dark alley with is somebody who does that. So I mm-hmm. know what you're saying. Yep. Let's talk about some of the big, the big name guys. And we can, uh, we don't have to be IEs. We could just be E's uh, because we certainly know Derrick Henry and, and coach back. I'd be here. Here's a stunner. Derrick Henry just looks absolutely fantastic. If anything, he looks almost leaner and more muscular, which is, I mean, that's like crazy talk. He was a full-grown man anyway. Now he's a chiseled full-grown man. I mean, that's just all there is to it. He's a special player, and he's a special player for a lot of reasons. And his physique, you know, just the way he looks is, is a small part of it. I mean, this is a guy that and, – and we've all been we, – we have, have known his background – we know what he went through. Our listeners on the OTP know very well his story. He didn't come in here and have instant success in the National Football League. This guy has gone through the valleys and, and pulled himself up uh, and sought a lot of advice as to as how to do it. Uh, I, I just love his makeup, you know, and I'm not talking about physically. I mean, I just like the mindset that he brings. And when you've got somebody with that type of physical talent that brings that mindset, then you've got something. Amy, talk to me about Ryan Tannehill and how he looked today. Ryan Tannehill looked exactly how you would expect Ryan Tannehill to look. He had control of this offense. This is the first time that Ryan Tannehill is going through a training camp as the absolute leader of the Titans offense, you know, and that's exactly how he looked. He had command of what was going on. He was clearly in charge. He's throwing balls. Well, I mean, he didn't look like he was rusty or like, you know, last year was a flash in the pan to me. I mean, he looked like he was right on track and picking up where he left off. I think that as a Titans fan, I am very excited to have him be QB one going into the 2020 season. And the guy Tannehill was throwing two most today, Coach Mack, A.J. Brown. Oh, come on. You can't over <laughs> – I mean, seriously. You can't overstate this, this definition enough. Full-grown man. I mean, this is a guy that, that, that's a difference maker for a lot of reasons, but still it goes back to his mental mindset. I mean, this guy's mindset is, is work – and the thing that I love about him, and you know my comparisons, I mean, we've already used it so many times because I was personally involved with Anquan Bolden, but this guy is all about business on the practice field, all about business on the practice field. And you can just see, and plus, just to talk about the layers a little bit, now we won't get into all of it, that Arthur Smith is has able to do with this offense, when they get him that ball within that eight to seven yard range between the numbers, he's going to hurt some people. I mean, he really is. And that's and this guy to me, I mean, what a what a draft choice, what a find. And then he the way he practices is what impresses me. The game is just icing on the cake for me. I love the way he practices. 
I have a complaint with Agent Brown. Okay. It's his shorts, man. It's year two of the baby shorts. What? What? His little baby shorts. What are you talking about? There's too much man thigh on oh. AJ Brown. I can't handle it. Year two, I thought we would be evolved from this point. We are not. It bothers oh, me. God. Coach Mack. It doesn't bother anybody? No. I miss Amy Wells so much. I love Amy Wells. I know. The perspective she brings. Look, I've been in the National Football League for, what, 34 years? Her perspective is the freshest perspective I've ever been around in my life, and I love it. Well, let me just say this. Big-time <laughs> wide receivers can do whatever they want. I, I mean, big-time wide receivers, and, and this is – there's a mindset, how they carry themselves. They carry themselves like lead singers from wildly successful rock bands. They're good. They're pretty. They know it, and they know you know it. And having a guy like that now for the Titans is so refreshing because this dude would, I mean, he could wear his shorts up around his head for all I care. But the bottom line is when he goes out there, he's expecting to eat everyone alive. And I love it. I, I love this player's makeup and his mindset because that, the, he's out there to win. You know, like DeAndre Hopkins, like AJ, you know, AJ Green, like, you know, guys like that. It, it's a it's a mindset. And he has it. Yes. He has so much swag. Like so much. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos and pictures that the Titans have put out from Media Day. He's the coolest guy in the bunch. Like he just is. And that's awesome. Yes. And that makes me very happy. I love the like head to toe snakeskin pajamas that he was wearing on the plane for a road trip last year. That was very cool. Like I'm into it. I understand. We matched. Actually. Yeah, he, he did. He yeah. stole your suit. I'm yeah, sure you were angry about that. However, during practice, there's a lot to look at. And I'm trying to take in different positions, different groups. There's a lot of them. There's only one of me. So I've got a lot of things that I have to focus on. And those shorts are a distraction, and I don't like them. And I need you to figure yourself out and put on some regular human shorts that fit your size so that I can do my job. That's all. You're still very cool, and you can wear the very cool sunglasses and the snakeskin pajamas, and I'm here for it. But, like, I don't want to see that. That's, that's too much thigh. No. The end. Coach, help me here. I can't. Can you? No, cannot. Because okay. I'm right. No, I, 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 can't, I can't help you with that. I, look, I can help you and our listeners with so much football. Uh, I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can take everybody as, as high as they, as they want to go as far as football that's going on. But as I said, it's a unique perspective that I, I, can't, I can't operate in that space because I'm not cool enough. Wow. All right. So moving right along. That's just, I mean, you stop traffic with that, Amy Wells. It's a real concern. I, it obviously is. And you have voiced it before. Mm -hmm. This is not a hot take. This is not. Okay, well, give me a take on somebody else or something else that you saw today on this edition of the OTP, sponsored by our great friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Give me something else before we let the OTP people go. You know what? Coach Mack made me watch special teams and actually pay attention today. So I did. 
And um, one of the things that I was impressed by was the consistency of Greg Joseph, the kicker. He did a very good job kicking field goals from a variety of ranges. And frankly, we haven't seen a lot of that. I mean, when Greg Joseph came to the team, he wasn't kicking a lot of field goals. We were scoring a lot of points and it was all extra points. And then we went about our lives. We haven't seen too much of him because we didn't really need him through most of the playoffs. So I was interested to see how he was going to kick today, what he was going to look like. And he was incredibly consistent. So that mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Tucker McCann, the rookie from Missouri, mm-hmm. showed a good leg as well, Coach. Yes, he did. I was very impressed with what he did. And to your point, you brought it up when we, you and I and Amy were standing there watching. I like the I like the lift and the height that he gets on his on his kicks. And then he, I think both of them were eight of ten. That's what they both were today when we were standing there watching. But I agree with you, Mike. All right, Coach. Give us one more thing we need to know about practice one for the Titans. Well, I, I watched the DBs. I, I stood there with Amy, and we watched the DBs go through individual drills. And, they, and, and, and Anthony Midget did a drill that I really, really always liked to watch initially. Yeah, he, did, he, did, he, did a, uh, he did a forward run, a quarter turn, and then a 45-degree exit. And what he does with all of that, it shows you the lower uh, leg flexion that these guys have and whether it takes the guys two steps, two and a half steps, whether they, they, they run underneath themselves to make that 45-degree exit from a real quick quarter turn. I loved watching that drill. And in watching that, and Amy and I sat out there and I said, Amy, here's what you watch. You know, you, you need to watch from the knees down and see how and see who makes that with the with the least amount of steps and see who who is able to make it the quickest and also make the sharpest cut. When we saw Christian Fulton doing that, you could see why they drafted him where they did. He's bigger than what you think he would be, too. Yeah, he's a long, he's a nice size corner. Good to see Malcolm Butler back as well, Coach Mack. Oh, absolutely it was. I mean, it absolutely is. And there's there's a veteran corner that's a physical corner. Let's not forget about how physical he is as a corner. And we all remember when he first came in here. And then, you know, it, it, I've seen it happen to corners a lot. They sign a big contract. They want to justify that contract by making every play, making every breakup, trying to make an interception all the time. That's not what got you the big contract. It's being consistent and being who you are. Once he's settled back into that, he's a very, very steady and a very, very important corner, especially if they're going to play defense like they like to play. And he was just happy to be there. I mean, he even talked to the media after practice, and he was saying that he missed so many different parts of football. He didn't care that it was hot. He didn't care that he was tired. He didn't care that he was sweating. He missed so much of being on the field with everybody. So I hope he keeps that excitement all the way through training camp. And he's able to really perform and have the year that he was hoping to have for the second half of last year. You know, what's interesting, Amy, and I'll throw this at Coach because I I think it's a great comment for him. So I had a chance to interview him just a few days ago. And he's a very self-critical player. I mean, he will tell you, hey, I stunk it up or hey this or hey that. I mean, he is – very insightful and part of it is 30 years old he's been around the league he had to fight to get there and I mean real pro in that way but I asked him point blank I said when you got hurt last year in Charlotte were you playing the best football of your career he said yes I was he said yes I he said that's what really broke my heart about the injury is I was playing the most consistent football of my career at that point and Coach, the defense was not the same 
after he left. The defense was not as successful overall, statistically, and otherwise, outside of a couple of games, not having him. Him as part of the equation was a, was a big part of what the defense was doing the first half of the year. Mike, and the most important adjective of that description that you just gave from your conversation with him was consistent. Mm-hmm. He was playing more consistent, and that goes into what I was saying earlier. You don't try to, you know, out there, consistency is what you're looking for. But what he was able to do, when you've got a, a guy, look, his skill set is different than the Dory Jackson skill set. But so when you have both of those guys, what you can do as a defensive coordinator, you can match a Dory up on their speed dude, and you can match Butler up on their physical dude, and you can travel them with them. You can do a lot of things. When you're missing either one of those elements, then you are trying to cover up for what you're missing. And your point is very well taken, and it's true, and we saw it happen. We saw it happen when we missed both of those guys at different points during the season. Yeah, it's – remarkable that the Titans were able to do what they were over a period of time with some of the guys banged up that they had banged up at those moments. Amy, interesting to see Jonathan Joseph out there for the first time too, a guy that we've known well since he came into the league in 2006, but always known well from afar having played against him in particular his time with the Houston Texans. Right. Absolutely. And he was the most veteran veteran I think I've ever seen. Like, you could see him talking to guys all the time. He was trying to help people. He's the new guy. Like, he's the guy who hasn't been here before. And yet he's talking to everybody from rookies to guys who have been here. He's talking to all these different people, trying to help them out, trying to get an idea of, I assume, where he needs to be. But it was really cool to see how, how much he was communicating with everybody else and was really kind of assuming that leadership role that I think – everyone was hoping he would step into when he came to this team. Dave McGinnis, where does Jonathan Joseph potentially fit in the secondary? He'll be a swing guy. They can do just because of what Amy said. He is very experienced. And plus, he's very smart. He's really a smart player. You can, I mean, you know, if watching, you don't last a long time in this league at that position if you're not, first of all, resilient because you're going to have ups and downs at that position, particularly because it's a lonely place. But he's also very, very smart. And to me, he's going to be the ultimate swing guy that they can use a lot of places. As much as they make game-specific defensive game plans and as much as they make position-specific game plans, he'll be, a, he'll be a valuable piece in doing that this year. When it comes to your health care coverage, you should be the one to make the call. So call Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. So, Amy, Titans have another practice in helmets and shorts, so to speak. And then on Monday, and that practice is going to be on Sunday, by the way, and then on Monday to the pads. So we start to move forward. And it it seems like from our perspective, this jumps in rather quickly. But the reality is this football team's been working for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And Mike Vrabel, we've heard him talk a little bit about the different phases and they're in something that's sort of like a phase three we would see in the spring right now, but it's actually phase like seven or eight or something like that. Everything is kind of broken up in these weird places. So I think this team is on phase about 109 and I think that that is pads. And that's the good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, from our standpoint, because today was the first day that we've been able to actually see this team on the field, 
it seems like it's very quick that they're going to be in pads and we get the good stuff. But they've been doing a lot to ease into this time. Lots of walkthroughs, lots of meetings. Or they are chomping at the bit to be able to get a little bit more physical on Monday. We would have had a preseason game this weekend, Dave McGinnis. So we would be to that point in training camp where we would start ramping in a different way. How different without the preseason games do you think things will be in terms of making plans of preparing to get ready for the regular season? How different will the camps be over the next two weeks in particular? I think your first two weeks will be very different. I mean, because they just have to be, just because of what Amy has said. Everything has been kind of uh, squeezed together, which, you know, it, it had to be. Now, the goal is still going to be the same, Mike. The goal will be exactly the same. If I were a player in the National Football League, I would want Mike Vrabel as my head coach because he understands where the players are. He understands where that is. It's not a small thing the first day you go in pads. It's different. It is just different. It's different on your body. I've been through all kind of padded stuff in my, all my years doing this. But I would want Mike Vrabel calling the shots as to when we were going to practice in pads, how we were going to practice in pads. But in, in the other coaching staffs that I've talked to around the league, with this thing ramping up, they have made very different plans going into it. You've got to stay on the same time frame. You just approach it a little bit different. I'm going to be interested to watch and see how it all comes together. Is this the best day of 2020 so far? I told you how really genuinely happy it made me. I'm I mean, I'm happy when I see you guys in these little squares, which we've been doing for the last four months. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's like we're on Hollywood squares. But actually to see you guys out there on the practice field and be able to talk ball with you again, that was a good part. I mean, that's what I miss. That's what I miss most. I missed a lot of that, uh, Mike uh, and Amy. This, this offseason, when we would have been, you know, going around with our season ticket holders and all the events that we would have done, that's, that's the fun part of this, doing this part of my career, is being able to be around the people and getting this stuff out. Because as a coach, you don't get to do that a lot. The fun part as a coach is having your players come back in. So being with you two guys today made me genuinely happy. Me too. It just felt normal. Like, yeah. oh finally something I know how to do. I've been doing all these DIY projects at home. I don't know how to do that. Football is what I know how to do. And you do it well, Amy Wells. And Coach Mack, you are the best at it. So thank you both for joining me for this edition of the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. My name is Mike Keith, and we've got a lot more coming up, more editions of the OTP. Football is back. And we thank you the OTP for listening to the OTP.